This is Tanner's Takes with your host, Tanner Yoho. Ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing this afternoon? I am adjusting my microphone, so don't mind me. Okay, so this week we are going to get into the opening week for the Pirates and talk about what they did well, what they didn't do well, and maybe some tips for Clint Hurdle if he happens to be listening somewhere in the world. So let's get right into it. Opening week is always one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's uh, It means summer's coming, and it means that I'll be out of school here in a couple weeks. It just means a whole lot of good stuff going on in the world, and it also, more than anything, means baseball's back. So the Pirates this week, they played four games. They had one get rained out in Cincinnati. Um, they went one and three in those four games, and realistically, if we're all just being honest with ourselves, there is a high chance that they should should be 4 and 0 and they should definitely be 3 and 1. Uh we'll get more into that in a minute, but just to to go on with some opening week tidbits that I'm going to get into more as I go on, I just want to give you a layout of what I'm going to be talking about. Starting pitching has been stellar. Uh we knew this rotation was good. I got stats to break down for you. It's going to be a great year for this rotation. The bullpen Rough start for the bullpen. Not looking too good, but it's early. It's early in a bullpen. You know, you can't really make any assumptions off the first week of the year. I have stats there, too. Offense has been average, I would say. Maybe a little above average in some spots and below average in others. And then we had fielding, which was awful this week. The infield cannot do anything. It doesn't seem like... Just a lot of routine plays that aren't looking so routine. Eric Gonzalez had a good play last night, but cost us at least one game. And Moran, I think, cost us another game, too. So the feeling will have to get better, and we'll get into that as well. But let's hop right into this rotation. So the first topic we're getting into is starting pitching, and the pitching has looked phenomenal coming out of the gates. Uh, Tyon's pitched two games. He had 13 innings pitched, nine hits, five runs, two walks, nine Ks. His FIP, which is Fielding Independent Pitching, I will put a link in the description if you'd like to know what that is, is 4.01, which is above average, but it's an early sample size. His WHIP was only .846, so he's allowing less than one walk and hit per inning. Uh, Tylon is as advertised. You know, it's a, it's a big year for him. He's looking for that new contract. Uh, it is extension season, and a lot of players are getting extensions. And I think that Tylon wants one. He wants to be a pirate, and he's pitching like he deserves one. Uh, I think they will lock him up. I don't think it's going to be the Garrett Cole show where they have to get rid of him because he won't sign. I'm pretty sure he'll sign. And I think it'd be wise because he's really growing into that ace that we all hoped he could be. And with him at the top of the rotation, this team will have a chance to win every fifth day, which is all you can ask for out of your top pitcher. Another pitcher that had a really, really, really strong showing is Trevor Williams. He continued that success he had last year. He pitched six innings this week. Three hits allowed. One walk, six strikeouts, good for a 1.43 FIP, and a .667 whip, which is stellar. And that is just keeping on track with what Trevor Williams did all year last year. He's limiting hits. He's limiting hard contact. He's not going to wow you with anything. He's not going to come out there and gun at 99. He's not going to have beautiful you know, release points. What he's going to do is just come out, throw the ball. He's going to limit hard contact. He's going to induce ground balls. He is the prototypical Pirates pitcher, I think, at least from back when they were good and they went in the playoffs every year. It was strictly ground ball pitching, not many strikeout pitchers. 
And speaking of strikeout pitchers, Chris Archer had a whale of a game on Monday. Five innings pitched, which isn't phenomenal. You'd like to see him go further. But give me this line every week, and you can pitch five innings. I don't care. Two hits, three walks, eight Ks. That's good for 14.4 Ks over nine and a 2.1 FIP. And not only was he just effective on the mound, he brought energy and he brought passion. I think that the Pirates are lacking a little bit of excitement in the team. It was nice when he struck Ozuna out and he yelled at him and he jumped and Moon walked off the mound. I love when players have personality like that. If you've been a Pirate fan for any time, you know A.J. Burnett was a great personality in the rotation. He gave that team swagger, and I think that's what Archer's doing. He's going to give this rotation and this team in general a lot of swagger, and swagger goes far in baseball. You know, baseball is probably the one sport where confidence means everything. If you're not confident out there on the mound, you're not going to pitch well. If you're not confident in the batter's box, you're probably not going to hit well. If we can inject some confidence into this team, I think they'd be better off hand hands down for sure. So starting pitching, if we just want to look at all the stats, it seems they allowed, I'm doing quick math here. Yeah, they allowed, what, five runs. Five runs over the last four games. Uh, the main reason that the Pirates record is one and three, though, well, one of the main reasons, because there's two, is the bullpen. And we're going to get into that now. The bullpen didn't look good this week, fellas. Or ladies, if you're a lady listening, that's cool. <laughs> uh, they didn't look good. So we've got some stats on them, and I'm just going to tell you before I started, they're not pretty. They're not pretty at all. We're going to start with Vazquez. He's only, he only pitched two innings. Two hits, one earned run. Unearned run, sorry. One base on balls, two Ks, and a 1.5 whip. Uh, he's allowing people to get on base, so that means if you don't know what whip is, and I know I mentioned it earlier, it's walks plus hits per innings pitched. Basically, one means you allowed one walk and no hits, or one hit, one walk. You know, you can do the math. So he allowed one and a half people to reach base, basically, over the two innings he pitched. Keona Kella, 2.1 innings pitched, two hits, two runs, one homer, four strikeouts, 1.7 whip. That's not a good line for him. He, he's been taken yard once already, and it was a tough pitch. It was a bad pitch. He left one hang, and it got banged out. Richard Rodriguez, who had a great year last year, over two games has only pitched an inning. He's allowed three hits, four runs, two homers, one strikeout. His whip is four. He's allowing four people to get on base per inning. His FIP is 32.93, which, again, it's a small sample, and it's a reliever, so we need to keep that in context. But he's not looked good. He's looked very bad, very, very bad. Uh, he's not going to match what he did last year, I don't think. He was a known, not or an unknown commodity, you could say, when they claimed him from the Orioles. And he pitched really well for us as the year went on, but he's not going to be reliever of the year. And to expect the same production, I think, is probably a little unrealistic. But I think he'll be average. He'll regress a little, and he'll be average, though. It's just been a tough week for him. And then the only other pitcher I've got on here is Nick Birdie. Nick Birdie's a young arm they got in the Rule 5 draft. Going to be so good. He's going to be so good. But because he's a young pitcher in the MLB, he's going to take his lumps. And he has taken them so far. 1.2 innings pitched, 4 hits, 3 runs, 5 strikeouts. Good for a negative 1.2 FIP, which is if 
A two FIP is considered excellent. So negative one, he's like incredible right now. 27 Ks per nine. He will take his lumps. He's going to, you know, when you're a young pitcher in the league, that's how it works. You're going to have to learn what works and learn what doesn't. We're really excited about Nick Birdie, though, because if Richard Rodriguez is going to fall and regress, Birdie can replace him, and we, I think it would be even better than Rich Rod was last year, if I'm being totally honest. In high-leverage situations, Clint Hurdle's already gone to him twice, so that shows the confidence that the staff has in him. So we've made it. What are we here? made it about... Eight minutes into the podcast, we haven't talked offense, so let's get into offense. All right, so when talking about the offense, the first thing I'm going to mention is they're currently scoring 4.25 runs per game, which puts them dead center in the league at 15. You know, this is what we expected, I think. I think you expect that this offense isn't going to wow anybody. You know, they're not the Phillies. The Phillies have 7.8 runs per game. The Dodgers have 7.86. But their offense isn't Detroit, who's only averaging 1.7. And Houston even is only averaging two runs a game. Um, This offense is not going to wow anybody with stats. They're not. That's not who they are, right? We don't have any power hitters. Um, we, We struggle in a lot of aspects of hitting. But what I will say they're doing is 4.2 runs per game is probably enough to win a good majority of the games that they are going to be in. Now, I'm going to compare this to the runs allowed per game. And you can hear me typing in the background because I'm unprepared, because I'm not a professional. Just kidding. I'm professional. Um, So, runs allowed per game. The Pirates have allowed 3.5. So, you can see just by that statistic that theoretically they should be winning probably 75% of the games they're playing. The problem is that the starting pitching is not allowing runs. It's the bullpen. So the Pirates need to probably score some insurance runs throughout the game. And on that note, you know, with runners in scoring position, I went ahead, I did the math for you so you don't have to do it. They are 6 for 41 with runners in scoring position. That means runners on second and third or second or third. That is good for a batting average of 146, which, just to be totally frank with you, is not good enough. 146 with runners in scoring position is not good enough for a team that struggles to put runs across the plate. They've had just an abundance of opportunities. They're getting players on base. Uh, their on-base percentage as a team right now is 353. They're getting guys on. They're just not hitting them in. And that that's the thing that when you look at the Pirates the last couple years, it's the same old story. You know, it's the same story. They get a runner, they get a leadoff double, and they can't bring them home. Or they get a triple with one out, and they can't bring them home. It's putting together good at-bats. This team has always struggled with that. They have a couple players that put together good at-bats now. Corey Dickerson had a 12-pitch at-bat to end the game the other day. And for the most part, that top of the order gives you good at-bats. Frazier, Dickerson, Cervelli. Where we're running into trouble is Marte doesn't ever give you a good at-bat when he needs to, it feels like. Uh, the bottom of this order last night was J.B. Shuck, Eric Gonzalez. Just not a good bottom of your order with the game on the line. Pablo Reyes came in, had a 2-0 count in the bottom of the inning, the chance to walk it off. And on 2-0, swung it 
an obvious ball three. He had the green light, and I understand that, but that's where, as a player, you just you can't do that. you got to have a good at-bat. You know this team's struggling to put runs across the plate. There was another instance last night where Reyes was batting with a runner on second, and instead of bunting him over, Clint Hurdle let him swing away, and he popped out. I just think that the Pirates know. They know that this offense doesn't have the firepower, and Clint Hurdle knows that he's around the team every day. If there was a time to embrace small ball, I think this year might be the time. You know, you got to be okay with bunting the runner over to third there. you got to be able with a hit and run. you got to be able to do all those little things because you're not going to hit 1,000 home runs. You're not going to hit tons of doubles. It's just, This team is not built for that type of play. What it's built for is station to station, open up with a walk, get a hit and run, maybe a ground out, but the runner gets to second because he took off move him over to third, and then slap a single into the outfield and move him home. I don't think this team can rely on just, oh, we're going to hit home runs. This is just no way. And for him to not play small ball last night probably cost him the game, I would say, because that is, you know, if they move him to third, it's one out, I think they get him home. I mean, I just, that's just obviously, with them batting 146 with runners in scoring position, that doesn't mean anything, but you just got to play small ball. You got to stop swinging away when it's not time to swing away. And just, you know, last night they left 18 players on base. 18 players on base. 18. Do you know how hard it is to leave 18 players on base in a baseball game? If they get two of them across, they win the game. 18 players left on base is just not good enough. The offense is scoring enough runs early, but late. they got to put together some insurance runs late in the game to help this bullpen until they get through this hiccup. And I think that's all it is from the bullpen. It's just an early season hiccup. We know Vazquez and Keller are going to be fine. Birdie's going to be a good pitcher. Rich Rod may regress. But they've got a good back end of this bullpen if they can just get the game there and get some extra runs for them. Give them that run support and they'll be fine. And then after offense, you know, I'm not going to get into offensive stats because it's way too many to get over. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is the fielding was. Uh, we knew the infield defense was going to be bad. I said in the first preview podcast that they're not going to have many web gems. Uh, and it turns out they're probably not going to have many routine plays as well. They've already got three errors on the year. Um, Moran had a terrible play the other day. Couldn't field a ground ball. Gonzalez had a bad play. Couldn't field a ground ball. And then had a terrible throw to Frazier when he was trying to turn two that ended up costing him big time. He put the throw mid-chest, I think, when Frazier was running. Couldn't turn the second part of the double play. And then as far as there was a popped-up bunt that seemed that Bellway and Cervelli, nobody called it, so they both just ran into each other, and nobody caught the ball. There was a rundown where Bell left first base without the ball. He was I don't, I don't really understand what the motive was. From what I understand on Twitter, that's what he's supposed to do. That's not how I learned baseball, but... Tyon didn't cover the bag behind him, nonetheless, so he did his part, and nobody was there to go back to first, so the runner just turned around and ran back to first. There's just a lot of fielding things that this team's going to improve on, and Clint Hurdle, I think, knows that. Uh, Bell was working in the field yesterday at 3 p.m. before the game. He was working on his throws to second, so this team knows. You're not going to get gold glove out of Colin Moran, so we should give that up, but Gonzalez was billed as a good glove with an okay bat. The good glove hasn't really shown up yet. He had a good play last night, but he's going to be better if this team has any chance. 
All right, I'm going to get you guys out of here early this week. Only about a 14-minute podcast. Wow. Flew through that one. I do want to wrap up with one quick thing. Uh, Jung Ho Gung hit his first home run back in America last night. Let me just tell you, it was awesome. It was barely a home run. It almost got robbed. But to see that man come back, hit a home run off major league pitching, it, it just felt good, you know? If he can hit home runs this year, he can hit 20. That'd be great. And I think he will hit 20. So with that being said, just a quick little fun fact for you guys there. I hope you guys have a good day, and we will catch you next week.